Let's pray. Our God and our Father, we come to you in this moment thanking you for all that you are and all that you are doing. Thank you, O Lord, for this first Sunday where you are preparing us for all that you've prepared for us. I pray that in these next few moments that you might speak to our hearts and speak to our minds, challenge us, charge us, and change us till we look more like you. I pray that you might give me preaching grace and preaching strength to communicate your word, your will, and your ways to your people. I pray, God, that you would uh, give us the ability to understand you like never before and understand what's available to us to live out fully what it means to be followers of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, to that end, have your way and glorify yourself in this moment, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I want to deal with, I want to kind of jump into something that you see all throughout Scripture, especially in the New Testament. You see it over and over and over again, and it was seen so much, it almost kind of became a way of greeting for the the early believers in the first and second centuries of the church. And it's something that we've kind of lost because we kind of deal with it a different way or we think of it of a different way. But I want to deal with these two twin concepts uh, over the next couple of weeks of grace and peace. Grace and peace. Now, one of the things that you'll recognize is especially when you get into the New Testament, especially when you get into the letters of Paul, uh, it's very frequent. Um, when I say very frequent, I mean almost always, almost every letter that Paul writes. He starts off with this greeting of grace and peace. Uh, matter of fact, you can see it uh, in Romans chapter 1, verse 7. You see it in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. You see it in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. You see it in Galatians chapter 1, verse 3. You see it in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 2. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 2. You see a version of it in Colossians chapter 1, verse 2. You see it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1. You see it in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2. And you see it in Philemon in the third verse. It's this idea. Now, matter of fact, let me just kind of quote it here. He says, as he begins each letter, as he greets these believers, as he writes to these people, he says, May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. He says it over and over and over again. He, he says it as a, as a prayer wish. He says it as a greeting. He says it for every time he writes to a group of believers. He's going to bring up uh, either in the greeting or at the end in the salutation of the letter, he's going to bring up the, idea, the twin ideas of grace and peace. And the way that he uses it and how he uses it and how frequently he uses it and how consistently he uses these ideas of grace and peace, uh, I I want to suggest to us that it means from the mind of Paul, captured in Scripture, and then transmuted by the power of the Holy Spirit to us who are Jesus followers today, that the idea, the twin ideas of grace and peace for the believer, for the Jesus follower, are implied. Grace and peace are implied. What do you mean by that? I mean that by the way that Paul uses it so consistently as an opening, as a greeting for each and every believer who would be a part of reading or, or, or taking part in his letter uh, of that the Holy Spirit downloaded to him and had him write out, that the ideas of grace and peace are supposed to be so characteristic of the Jesus follower and the Jesus follower's way of life that you can't 
uh, understand how to be a follower of Jesus without understanding grace and peace. Nor can you be successful at what it means to follow Jesus and to represent Jesus in the world without the twin ideas of grace and peace. Nor can you and I handle what comes up in this life as we deal with life that is uh, against us, is turned against our Savior, that, that we are counter to the culture, we're counter to, to the ways and the systems of the world. Well, well, that kind of pressure, that kind of stress, how do you handle it? You do it with the ideas, of the twin ideas of grace and peace. Over and over and over again, Paul connects these two things of grace and peace because I believe that they are characteristic of what it means for the way of life of the Jesus follower. Let's kind of dig into it. Let's kind of break it down. Let's, let's look at how he says it. He says, may the, our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. The, the, the idea of grace and peace is this, that first of all, what we receive from God because of what the Lord Jesus has done on our behalf, all of that can be characterized as grace. Now, it, it's, it's God's capability and His supernatural enhancements that fill in the gaps in our lives and in our natural abilities. It's, it's, it's God's super attached to our natural that fills in the gaps. It, His grace is, uh, some have talked about it as, as an acronym of God's riches at Christ's expense. It, it's, it's all of that God is and all that God can do and all that God can provide, both with His miracle working power, with His promises, with His presence, with how He does what He does for those who are His. All of those things are lumped under the idea of grace. Uh, it is by grace that we are saved through faith. Check out Ephesians 2 and 8. That the whole idea that we have been brought into relationship with God was not because we did anything or that we merited anything or that we did the right thing or said the right magical incantation. Rather, it's God's grace that wooed us, that brought us in, that provided through Jesus Christ what it needed, what was needed to satisfy the anger and the wrath of God at sin. And we were brought in by the sacrifice of Jesus. His grace, His, His ability to bring us in is what saved us. We are saved by His grace. But not only that, the, the idea of grace also implies that uh, what we need to hold up in this world is all because of His grace. That, that grace is both how we're saved, but it's also how we live out our salvation. It, it's God's capability that helps us do that. Check out uh, in your leisure, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. How we live and move and have our being, how we exist in a fallen world, uh, and in a world that is, is turned against those who follow Jesus Christ. How do we deal with that? It's God's grace that helps us deal with the challenges. It helps us deal with the challenging people. It helps us deal with the, 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 the things that, that stress us out. The, even the thing that draws us to pray or the thing that draws us to worship or the thing that draws us to the Word of God to study, all of that is God's grace at work in our lives. It, it's it's God, what God can do as he adds his supernatural capability to enhance us to do what is necessary to be Jesus followers and to live out the life of Jesus in this world. It's by grace you have been saved. It's by grace that we stay saved. And so Paul says, I, my wish, my prayer for you, my, 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 my uh, greeting to you is that you would exist in this idea of grace, but not only grace, but even peace. 
piece is the, the power to hold up uh, uh, in, in, under the, the strain of what it means to trust Christ in a world where everything is trying to strip that faith away from us, in a world that rejects him and rejects his power and his capability and, and rejects even what he's about or who substitutes uh, something else as powerful enough uh, to put our lives and our trust of our lives in. H- how do we handle bad news and bad guys? How do we handle high prices? How do we handle inflation? How do we handle uh, uh, family situations turning against us? How do we handle uh, friendships that blow up in our face? How do we handle betrayal? The ability to hold up under all of that stuff can be characterized as the peace of God. Uh, peace, uh, especially in the New Testament, it kind of takes on this Jewish understanding. If you did not check out uh, Elder Trey's um, Bible study on the Jewishness of Jesus, uh, th- this idea of peace in the New Testament, the-, the Jewish followers of Jesus who turned to him, they grab this idea of peace from the Old Testament, this idea of shalom, uh, this idea that because I'm in right standing with God, because I have peace with God, that there is nothing uh, straining my relationship with God. Because I have peace with God, it gives me the ability to rightly relate to the world around me, which is the peace of God. Check out uh, what, what Jesus says about it in John 16, verse 33. The idea of peace is uh, what I need from God, because I'm in right standing with Him, I'm able, because because I have this vertically done, he gives me the capability to ride out what's happening horizontally. Uh, it, the, the peace of God uh, and that we have peace f- from God and from the Lord Jesus Christ is, is check this out, it never implies the absence of conflict. Uh, peace isn't peace. Peace of God is not the, the, this, that nothing is ever happening or tranquility, or the the lack of or absence of conflict. Peace with God is the ability for the inner me, my mind, my emotions, my will, that when all of this stuff is happening on the outside, the inner me can be regulated and protected and kept together. Uh, uh, When life is going to hell in a handbasket around me, I can know I'm good. I know that I'm going to make it. I know that I can take it because it's the peace of God in me. Paul says, I'm praying, my wish for you is that you would have what every believer is supposed to have, grace and peace. That you'll never get, never trip out about what's going on around you because you have God's grace to help you handle it and you have God's peace to help you make it through and not lose your mind and not go crazy and not, not allow your emotions to get out of control. I know they're saying what they're saying. I know they're doing what they're doing. I know these things are coming at you a hundred miles an hour, but Paul says, Every believer, every Jesus follower ought to know and understand that implied in our relationship with God is grace and peace. It's implied that we have it in us from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have to beg for either grace or peace. We don't have to go seeking grace or peace. There's no special offering or special prayer or special incantation that we have to pray. We already have it because we have grace from the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, which means that that both his ability is at our disposal, that's his grace, and the ability to have a stable and regulated inner peace of mind in the midst of a world gone crazy, 
all of that, listen, is a normal, regular, implied part and characteristic and capability of what it means to be a Jesus follower. So listen, somebody needs to hear what the Spirit of God is saying today. That no matter what you're facing, no matter how bad it looks to you, no matter how bad it feels, no matter what they're saying, no matter what the, the, the pressure around you is or what the pressure in you is, you need to know that you have grace, God's supernatural ability to help you make it and take it. And you have God's peace, the ability to know that I'm okay, that I am taken care of, that I am protected because I'm right with him. He's going to help me know how to handle all of this around me. Somebody needs to know and understand that implied in your relationship with Jesus Christ is grace and peace. So I say to somebody's life, I say to somebody's situation, somebody's finances, I say grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ is at work in your life, in that situation, in those circumstances, in whatever is happening around you. And no matter what the doctors might have said, no matter what the, the bank account looks like, no matter what the gas price says, no matter what the job is saying, no matter how your health feels, grace and peace is a part of who you are. And you and I have to accept it so that we can access it. Paul says, I'm praying, my wish for you is that you would know and understand that you already have grace and peace. You're, you're going to get through this. You're going to make it. God, God is going to keep you together. God's bringing you through this. That, that th this, is, this is a normal part of what it means to be a Jesus follower. Trouble happens. But when trouble happens, you and I need to know that implied in that relationship with Jesus Christ is grace and peace. So now listen, that, that begs the question. Uh, if, if you're struggling, do you know that you have grace and peace with Jesus Christ? Have you submitted yourself fully and completely to what it means to be a follower of Jesus? Have you accessed uh, the salvation that comes through His death and burial and resurrection on your behalf? Do you realize if you were the only person alive, if there was sin present, Jesus still would have died because of His love specifically for you? And that when you give yourself to Him, when you access, when you say, Jesus, I need what you've done for me, not only are you saved by grace, but you're kept by grace and you're given peace in the midst of everything that happens. The, the conflict may not go away, but his peace will be there to help you and I know we'll be all right. He's got us. He's protected us. He's even said his peace will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Check out first Philippians 4 verse 7. You and I already have it. It's implied in our relationship. If you don't have it, the question becomes, do you know Jesus as your Savior? If you need to know Him, it's as simple as the ABCs. You have to A, be willing to admit that you are a sinner. All have sinned and come short of God's standard of righteousness. Me, you, and everybody. All have sinned and come short of that standard, which left us hopeless. But yet here's the B. You have to believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He demonstrated his love for us by dying in our place. He, he took the death that we deserved. He died, but then he rose back to life again so that that death that he died could not keep him, did not have power over him. And as he came back to life, he resurrected our lives with him too. The Bible says if you're willing to believe that Jesus did that just for you, you can be saved. But then see, you have to be willing to confess with your mouth, I need Jesus as my Savior. If you're willing to make that step, 
do me a favor and text CROSS, C-R-O-S-S, to this number that you see below. We want to follow up with you and make sure that you know that you know that you know that you have grace and peace when you have Jesus Christ. Can I pray? Father, we thank you so much for the grace and the peace. Thank you for the implied capabilities and characteristics that you give us when we come to know your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for somebody um, watching, somebody taking part in this worship experience who may be struggling. There, there, there may be stresses and pressure all around them. There may be things happening beyond their control. I pray that you would help them know and feel and understand that they have grace from you and peace from our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you would settle their spirits. I pray that you would buoy and bolster their strength. I pray that you would straighten their backbone. I pray that you would give them confidence to know that they're going to get through this no matter what it is. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done for us through Jesus Christ and all that we have from him. Thank you for this grace and this peace, these twin characteristics that are given to us who walk after your son. Lord, we love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, that, that is a real good place and a real good transition to, to move into what we do uh, every month. That, that Jesus said we ought to do it often, so we do it at least once a month. And that is where we pause to celebrate the Lord's Supper, the, the Holy Communion. It's this time where as a family of God, as the family of God, as the people of God, we pause to recognize that we are what we are because of what Jesus has done. That we lay aside, uh, Paul says, to lay aside every weight and every sin. All the stuff that we've done, all the things that we've said, all the things that have happened that may have come between us and our God. This is our time to confess it, to get it out of the way, to move it so that as we are right with him, he can help us be right with that which is around us. And so I'm asking that you would take your uh, juice, your cracker, your, your receptacle if you have one, but we wanna pause just for a moment and we want to recognize that this is the moment where we reconnect, where we, where we recharge what it means to be in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. The Bible says that it was because of Jesus' death, what he was willing to suffer in the body that our sins are paid for. It's the blood of Jesus that was shed that, that sealed the covenant and made this deal with God that we would be able to walk in implied grace and peace. It all happened because of the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. And so as we enter into this moment, we do, do so recognizing that, that what has happened for us is huge. What he's doing to us is amazing and transformative, but it would not happen. It would not have happened if it hadn't been for Jesus. And so as you take your receptacles there, I want you just to pause just a moment. And I want you to spend some time of confession and getting right with God and realigning with Him. Uh, wherever there's sin, confess it. Wherever there's unforgiveness, let it go. That person's not even worth it. Let, let's not have anything keep us from having peace with God. So I'm going to give you just a moment to pause and to pray. And then we will celebrate this communion together. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you were willing to do to make us right with the Father. Thank you for what you were willing to sacrifice 
that we could live with grace and peace. So Lord, we recognize that if it had not been for you on our side, we don't know where we would be. And so we take it seriously of what it means to be rightly related to you. Lord, you said in your word that if we would confess our sins, that you would be faithful and you would be just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would cleanse us, that you would make us new again. I pray, Lord God, that as we confess these things before you, that we move things out of the way, that there would be nothing standing between us and the grace and the peace that you have supplied to us. So Lord, we pray that you would take these elements now as just a little bit of wafer and a little bit of juice, but we pray that you would sanctify them, consecrate them, as they have been set apart for the the symbols of your body broken and beaten, bruised for us, your blood which was shed, that we might be rightly connected to you. Lord, I pray that you would sanctify these elements now, and as we recognize you for what you have done, would you put us back together as we remember you in us. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says that Jesus took bread, he blessed it, he broke it before he gave it to them. He says, I want you to recognize this is my body, which is broken for you. Let's take it, let's eat together. Word of God says, in the same manner Jesus took the cup, he blessed it, he took a sip before he passed it to them. He says, this represents my blood, which will be shed for the remission, the taking away, the removing of your sins. Whatever it is that you confessed before him a few moments ago, it has been removed because of the blood of Jesus. He will remember it no more, so don't you walk in it either. Let's take and drink together. Now Paul says, when we recognize what we, what we have and what we have done and what we have done together, he says the, the, the curse that can be let loose amongst God's people of sickness and sin and even death, that that curse is reversed, that it's switched, that now healing and wholeness and life bubbles forth because we have correctly understood this moment and what our master has done for us. And so what we do as a sign of our belief in that promise made in the word of God, if there's somebody who's sick, I want you to stretch your hands toward your screen, toward your your device or whatever as a sign of connection. We decree and declare by the power of Jesus Christ, by his shed blood, by the promises of his word, we declare a reversing of the curse and we declare healing right now in the name of Jesus in mind, bodies, and spirits. We declare wholeness in all that we are in the inner man and in the outer as well. We decree and declare that by the stripes laid on Jesus, we are and we stand in healing and we believe it and we receive it because of what Jesus has done for us. And it is so, and it is done in Jesus name. Amen. Somebody ought to give God glory, honor, and praise right off down through there for the healing power of God released his grace and his peace. Somebody ought to bless him.